Welcome to the Point Noted Podcast with your host, Johnny B, and co-host who shows up whenever he wants to, former NFL player, Rashad Barksdale. It's raw, unfiltered, and no topic is off-limit. We talk sports, entertainment, culture, and a whole lot of random shit. Let's get to the point. Point on your podcast. You're hanging out with your boy, Johnny B, and my guest goals as usual, OCO. OC, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, brother. Doing good. Yeah, yeah, man. We got a young one today, man. We got a young brother in the house. A young uh, king. A young king in the house. You know, running for the Florida State Representative, House District 94. Give it up for Elijah Manley. Elijah, what's up, bro? How y'all doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Uh, not bad. Not bad, man. Listen, I'm excited to have you here, man. Uh, Looking at your profile, I was like, man, he's 21 years old and he's thinking about helping people going this route. I like, can't believe it myself. That's beautiful, man. That's be- How'd you get into politics? Uh, it's a, quite a long story, but I'll see if I can give you the little quickest version of that. Uh, hey, go ahead and tell it. We got time. Definitely. Uh, my uh, first political memory uh, was uh, election night 2008. Um, okay. I remember, uh, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and, uh, you know, just hearing my whole family you know yell and scream about uh you know and i didn't know what they were talking about until i you know went into the living room i saw on tv uh you know who's then um president-elect obama um giving his victory speech and i just mm. remember, you know that night in the next day at school just having you know a lot of pride for the first time in my life um, right um my politics are a little bit different now um but uh mm-hmm. that kind of got me into uh into politics to start and just serving on the community just to get um, better representation um, for all of our communities, and to make sure really that uh, young people, people of color, uh, have a voice in a political system that we just don't have. Right, right. After the uh, after the first election for Barack, how deeply were you involved in the second one around? You got a little older, about four four years older than that from the first time around. Yeah, still young, but if, you know, if, if it's touch. If his teacher was it twelve years old, I'm pretty sure uh, you know by the time it was what sixteen, so you probably felt a little different. I I connected with you for the second time around. I, uh, the second time around, although I wasn't as active, I, I start I got a little active in the community. Uh, I was uh, um, pretty much writing letters to elected officials and started getting involved with uh, uh, activism down here uh, with our Black Lives Matter chapter. I was one of the original. Um, mm. I was just in that um, after uh, Trayvon Martin was killed um, and. Mm-hmm. My aunt was, uh, she was uh, shot 17 times in the back by uh, our sheriff's department. Um, oh, wow. Damn. That really just in got the back? In the back. What do you mean um, shot? Like, she, 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 it's a whole story. Her name was uh, Linda Davis, uh, Linda Sue Linda Davis. Davis. Okay. Um, and she, you know, although she, you know, their thing is she was uh, mentally ill, um, mm. you know, that doesn't give you the excuse to, you know, murder someone uh, without right. DS. Um, situation so that just right. got involved in um no, not just politics but activism for the first time and i tried to channel my energy in other ways and then i decided you know i wanted to go and um go actually go into politics and run um, and run for office because nobody else was listening any other way right right no it's a beautiful thing man you know what's crazy is uh i mean most men won't even hit another man that turn his back on him like you're gonna be like you know what i'm saying like turn around and face me right if a man walk away from you you won't even swing at him so to hear somebody getting shot with their back turned, walking or running away, I just don't get that at all. 
for real. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy, man. Well, sorry for your loss, man. And, and now we have all this uh, police brutality going on. Um, what's, what's your take on that? What do you think about what's going on right now? Like, people are out there protesting. Uh, the killing is crazy. I think there's another one in Florida today, if I'm correct. Another one that happened where a black woman got shot. Yep, uh, we should take on all this nonsense going on. Boy, yep. Tallahassee, uh, um, you know, it's just there's just a lot going on this week. I don't know. Uh, I would call it National Karen Week or something. I don't know what's going on. Um, but it just really goes to show you that yeah. you know, America's, America's just really back back to business in America. You know, everything is you know open back up America to this you know racist um, you know pervasive white supremacy in society. It's just you know that's really what they want to reopen. Um, you know, everything from the economy to, you know, police brutality and, you know, everything from George Floyd uh, mm. to the man who had to deal with the Central Park Karen um, on Monday, uh, which was quickly resolved. Right. And, you know, it just won't stop. No, no. And, I, and I'm not sure. And I'm not sure how, how we get around to fixing it. And I think everybody probably... Uh, just sitting at home, scratching their heads. Not, we're not sure exactly what to say or what to do. So, but I think when all, when all else fails, everybody's got to get out there and just start protesting and just let them figure it out. But just get out there and make everything uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I guess you know that's the way you you have to look at it. So, uh, but being twenty one years old, did you go to college? I'm still in college. I'm still in college. I attend uh, Broward. I'm still college. in college. All right, what school? Uh, I'm at Broward College. I'm looking at Broward College. Okay, looking to transfer over to FIU um, in Miami, uh, studying FIU. history, and I'm probably going to do public health. Okay. Then I'll probably okay. Do, do you have security working around with you on campus? Well, prior prior to COVID, did you have security working around with you on campus? And these days, I need it. <laughs> these days, I need it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You're awesome. Well, let, let me let me do let's let's take a journey, Elijah. I mean, what you're doing here is um, phenomenal. Uh, all credit to you. Um, it's a good thing. Um, let's take let's take a journey from you know your local perspective. Uh, obviously, you're running to be a, a, a representative, uh, but beyond that, the state, and then beyond that to the federal discussion. So um, locally, can you help us understand a little bit more about, number one, the demographics, and then a little bit more about who you're going up against the incumbent, if, if the incumbent's coming back. Um, then statewide, I would, because I'm, I'm in Tampa, uh, so I'm really, really interested in what you're doing. Uh, also wanna hear your feedback on the state level with regards to the recent ruling by the federal judge to allow ex-convicts to, to, to vote, how you think that's going to affect things. And then lastly, federally, just talking democratic politics and, you know, the Biden versus the, the Bernie approach and then going there. But um, you don't have to do all that. I'll, I'll walk you through it. But <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to have to remind him what all that question is. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll walk him through. But what, what's your perspective? Obviously, you're, you're excited. You're, you're looking to, to, to become the rep uh, for your district. So 
Right. What's the local politics? What's the demographics? And how do you see accomplishing your, your goal of, of winning that seat? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, House District 94 uh, consists of uh, Fort Lauderdale, parts of downtown. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where I'm from, um, you know, Sistrunk, uh, surrounding areas of some of Lauderdale, some of uh, East Plantation, mm-hmm. most of Wilton Manors, some of uh, Oakland Park. So it's, it's mostly central Broward um, and most of the, the black areas. And then it has some of the, you know, the white suburbs and the downtown areas. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a mostly black district, about uh, 54%, um, maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, mostly black district. Um, it has a large LGBT population, large it's Jewish 54%, population. 54% black? It might be a little bit more than 54 now. Um, I think these were uh, as of uh, 2010 or 2014 uh, census. Wow. Okay. It's probably grown, uh, grown a lot. Uh, so it's a mostly mm-hmm. black district. And, you know, uh, just like so many districts across the country that are poor and working class districts, we, you mm-hmm. know, we're everything from gentrification to police brutality affecting um, the community. Um, and there's just a lot going on here that's coming to uh, coming to the forefront during this pandemic. Um, but the, the biggest thing is I'm running against uh, incumbent uh, who's mm-hmm. been in legislature for six years. And, um, you know, although he's a good guy, he's a classy guy. And, you know, personally, I don't have any beef with him. Uh, okay. I see he has not managed to pass any bills in his six years in the legislature. What's not- his name? Uh, his name is uh, Bobby DeBose. Bobby DeBose. So, uh, you know, he's a good guy. He's done some good work. So I don't, I don't want to, you know, uh, miscredit anybody um, on what mm-hmm. they have do but i don't feel like there's uh, enough attention being paid to, towards this district um you know it's easy to go to tallahassee and fight for everybody else's district give everybody else their money um talk about everybody else's issues focus on national issues and then really forget you know where you're from and what you're supposed to be fighting for mm. so, and, interesting you know, so bobby debose huh yep we got we got to get him out of there <laughs> No, I mean, that's why he's running. I mean, you run it because you, you think you can do better. You want to get him out of there. So that's what we're trying to do. And this is, uh, uh, you know, this is his first major challenge. He went unchallenged and unopposed for uh, the last four years. Nobody ran. Wow. Um, I don't know why. Really? Nobody ran? Nobody. 2018, he slid in. 2016, he slid in. 2014, was he had a challenger, but that was a little bit easier. You know, I guess I'm mm. his real, you know, big, uh, his first big real challenger um and you know nobody wants to get beaten by the kid you know so um, absolutely <laughs> absolutely do you do you do you feel the support you know behind you do you feel the local support behind you you feel like you really have a shot i mean because you know you can be running just to kind of bring attention to certain things that you know that you're passionate about yes. but do you feel like you really have a good chance to win yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm running to win. Um, and I feel like, you know, at this point, if the election was held right now, I'd probably crush him. Um, oh, wow. A lot oh, wow. Of, uh, a lot Eli ain't playing. <laughs> hey, Eli in the fourth quarter. Hey, a lot can change between now and um, election day, though. You know, we are three, uh, less than three months out uh, from the primary. Um, right. This district, we don't have a general election because it's overwhelmingly Democrat and, you know, no Republican wants to run here. So I have to beat him on August 18th. And I have okay. half of doing that. Uh, you know, anything could change, you know, and I think the the thing that complicates things the most is uh, this pandemic, which I did not. Right. For sure. um, and, you know, many people might not go out and vote because of it. So, you know, things could change. Right. Right. What was that conversation like with your parents uh, 
when you tell them you wanted to run and, you know, with your family and, uh, and, and how has that been like since you've been running with the support of your relatives that you have, do you have family members coming out the woodwork saying, hey, I'm your cousin from your mommy and daddy side or what was that like? So telling your folks about you wanting to run, what was there, how did they receive that? And then what has it been like with your family members now that you're actually out there in the public? It, it, it's been a mix, mostly positive. Uh, you know, ever since I ran last time, um, I ran in 2018 as well for a school board seat. Um, okay. You know, a lot of people didn't take it serious uh, until they saw what I, what I was able to do. I, I got 43,000 votes uh, at 19 years old, which wow. never seen anybody do that in the state of Florida before. Um, mm. So a lot of people started paying attention. Um, my mom, uh, she, uh, you know, and this goes, uh, when we talk about Amendment 4, I'll talk about this more, but, uh, you know, she is uh, one of the people who will have her rights restored this year. So she'll be able to vote for her son. Um, Good. August. Wow, that's awesome. Good. And, uh, uh, yeah, you, sh- you should always have your rights once you come out. I, I don't understand why they would take that away. So I'm glad she got that back. I'm, I'm glad too, and I'm, I'm just really happy. My <laughs> she wasn't able to vote for me last time, but this time she'll be able to. And um, you know, that's first in line. She's gonna be the first in line in that in that poll booth. I bet you she'll be the first in line. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Um, but other than that, most of my family members are supporting. Uh, I have a you know I have a, a lot of cousins, you know, and um, I have one cousin who actually has the same as that name. That I have minus the middle name, um, okay. Elijah with the same last name. So you know he, I guess you know it's weird for him because um, you know anytime Google's <laughs> hit, they're also googling my name, so he has to deal with that. <laughs> right, not a bad thing though. It's like I got to keep up with this guy. He's running right. for office. Right. I just want to go to high school, man. What's going on here? <laughs> right, right. So Eli, I mean, the issues you have here, I think one I would really, while we're still on the local level, one I would really want to explore with you is public schools. I always find it amazing how the system works here in the U.S. Uh, With uh, my experience internationally, most other places, the state usually, if it's a state school, you know, the state gets money and all the state schools get even amount of funding. Right. What we find is usually in the U.S. is money gets raised based on property taxes and, you know, the richer neighborhoods tend to get the better schools. And, I mean, you're not talking to that precisely here in, in on your website, but outside of the teacher pay and how, what are we doing? What, what are your thoughts on giving everybody every kid and even shot at this so-called american dream through education absolutely mm. education is uh, actually one of the top things uh you know in my uh platform um uh, since i ran for school board uh, we're still updating our website so we're going to make sure they include more uh, more on there but uh uh education is big because education mm. is the foundation for all of our children um, and what I did when I ran for school board last time and wish to continue uh, to do is talk about uh, the real issues and the problems and the solution that a lot of politicians don't talk about. Politicians only talk about the, the, the front mm-hmm. side, not the back side. And that is how we fund right. our schools. And we fund our schools currently through a really antique method called property taxes, uh, to me, which uh, is a very, not only antique, but a very racist way of funding our schools. Um, because if you live mm. in a wealthier part of the community, 
and you have uh, higher property values, your ta your high, uh, property taxes are going to be a little bit higher, which means the money that's mm. collected from taxes are going, you know, going towards your schools um, a lot more than you know maybe in a lower class area. And everything we and, and this is designed to be this way. This isn't necessarily uh, you know it was designed to be this way uh, to accommodate um, you know during a, a worse time in our country to accommodate uh, parents who did not want their students going to the same schools with people who look like look like me so i think we need to move away from that type of system or if we're going to use property taxes we need to pull those resources together and instead of instead of assigning those dollars to schools uh from, to the schools they uh the communities they came from we just pull the resources together and provide those resources and those budgets on a needs basis to those schools um yes i think that's fair uh but i also think there's a lot more that isn't getting talked about too um when it comes to uh, our education system and that is the inequities of not just school funding, but the inequities of our, you know, educational curriculum in itself. The teachers we're putting in schools, where we're putting those teachers in schools, the funding that goes towards textbooks, after school programs, um, and then the school to prison pipeline. And that's even bigger than, you know, we do talk about in our discourse. So there's just so much, um, just a lot of things to break down with uh, with this, but those are, that's just my, uh, my first thoughts on that. Absolutely. Right. That's well said, because the fact is, we already know about two thirds of the uh, student outcomes is based on things outside of the school. So if for whatever reason, maybe your parents are not as well uh, to do or the, they don't have enough, uh, they're working three jobs or whatever the case may be, uh, the stresses from home transfer to the classroom and it's two thirds of the of the student's outcome is based on things outside the class. So for you to now also under on the service, the kid in the classroom as well, it's like a double whammy. So, I mean, I think that it, I'm, and it goes to show where your approach, because you started with running for a, a school council. So right. um, I, that, I think that's a lot of what we need to be fighting for, for the future, but that's, that's, I, I appreciate what you said. I'll, I'll add a little bit more now. I think thank you for touching up on on, on that because I, I definitely agree. You know, it's hard to have, you know, a child pay attention, you know, eight AM in the morning when they maybe they may not have had anything to eat last night or, you know, exactly. they didn't have any parents at home or they're homeless. You know, I, I decided to run because um in my teenage years uh, there were weeks or sometimes months where we went homeless and we would shower at the beach before the sun came up at the, the beach mm -hmm. shower. Uh and we dry off and go to school like nothing happened. Maybe wear the same pants every day, hope nobody sees it or wear a jacket so no one sees the same shirt that we're wearing. And then go in there with teachers who don't understand what's happening in our life and instead, uh, you know, treat us like trash. So right. I started fighting against that. And now, thanks to my leadership, I knew food was going to be the biggest issue. So I talked about this. And thanks to my leadership, Broward County now has uh, after-school enrichment programs, dinner programs available in over 100 schools in our county where students can go and get food um, uh, after school. That's, uh, that's and fantastic. that's going to serve tens of thousands of students. So that's an example of what I could do, but I think we could do so much more in Tallahassee. That, Absolutely. That's, that's, that's great. Phenomenal. That's phenomenal. That's great, man. That's great. I mean, being a young person, it helps uh, because, you know, like you said, you, you know, you, you went through it. You know, you lived that life. So it's a lot easier for you to be able to come up with exactly what people need. A lot of times people are just throwing their ideas out there uh, what they think is actually good, but you went through it so you know exactly uh, what the people need and what the young folks need. 
Uh, so I ask you this: What was your first job, and what was your last job? My first job, um, my first job was around. I think I, I want to say I was twelve or thirteen, and um, I, sometime I skipped school to do this, uh, but I, I, I went into. <laughs> It was, I went into like landscaping. First, I started with car washing, um, and then I turned it okay. into. And so I would cut grass, uh, cut down, trim bushes, wash cars for like five to seven dollars per house. Um, and then I just started doing that everywhere in the neighborhood, as many houses as I could. And although that's not a lot of money to a lot of people at that time, it helped me pay for field trips. It helped me get deodorant, socks, underwear, the things I needed for school. Um, right. I can right. be get through, um, and it helped me you know, get extra food and help. Um, put some uh, money in my mom's pocket as well. So that was my first, uh, first mm. job. And um, um, the last one I had was uh, doing um, life insurance uh, for Primerica uh, before I separated. You know? Oh, yeah. They tried to get me too to do that job. I said, nah. <laughs> I said, nah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so yeah. let's go to the state level, uh, Elijah. Um, and Amendment 4. Um, Clearly, the federal judge, the ruling allowing um, ex-convicts to to vote, um, but clearly it's going to be challenged, right? We know it's probably going to go to the Supreme Court at some point. But what's your take on on Amendment Four, and what what are your hopes for it, and how do you think it might affect your race? Uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad that it passed. I did a lot of work around making sure that passed, uh, um, you know, in 2018, uh, you know, when I was running, one of the things I, I focused on the most was uh, making sure that uh, that was uh, popular. So anytime I spoke with a voter, I spoke about Amendment 4. I also pushed Andrew Gillum when I was running. We, we both uh, we were both strong in a lot of the same areas, and we got a lot mm. of the same perception in those areas. So I did the best that I could um, on that. Um, and, you know, we see, you know, uh, I, I, what I call Ron Crow, uh, named after our governor, Ron DeSantis, you know, mm. doing Jim Crow again. I, I just call it Ron Crow this time. Um, mm. He's going to be appealing this to the Supreme Court because he is hell-bent on pushing the the white supremacist agenda of Donald Trump in Florida uh, because they feel scared, I guess, in 2020. Uh, but uh, they're doing this um, because... He's even afraid in 2022 that he will have to run against somebody. And, you know, that this, you know, Amendment 4 changes the entire political landscape. Of it does. Because, it really you know, does. Andrew lost by 30,000. Yeah. He lost by 30,000 votes. Um, and, you know, that, you know, with this, if people turn out and vote, um, <laughs> uh, which I expect a lot of them will, um, Florida could be, you know, Florida could be a lot different. Now, I think a lot of that is going to help me too here um, in my district as well. I'm not, I'm not clear on exactly how many. Yet I'm mm-hmm. still looking into that, uh, but I'll have to look at you know making sure that I tie my message with criminal justice reform to those voters and let them know that uh, right. I'm somebody they yeah. can count on to fight for criminal justice. Yeah, you know, I I like what your approach on that, and I think sometimes you just you have to keep things simply. You have to think, keep things simple in the sense of what does human nature push people towards. In this case, human nature is they don't want to give away power, right, as a as a party. And their instinct is we're going to fight this because it's clear who's who's in prison at a higher level, who, who happens to be in prison at a high level uh, 
mostly people of color, mostly black folks. So the people who have been impacted the most by this, uh, uh, basically the governors saying, yes, you can vote or not vote, as the people who have been impacted the most are black folks. So, but then the, the, the instinct should be, the right thing to do is like, okay, if this is the case, well, let's appeal to these people and let's do things that will help them and then they'll vote for us. But instead, they're taking the short route, which is we're not going to do things to appeal to them. We're just going to try to not let them vote. And it's it's a tragedy because, honestly, if they did it the other way around, it would help everybody, you know. Uh, so it's it's a very cynical approach on politics, but it's you're right. He's already trying to uh, appeal it. So we'll see how that goes. See how that goes. Yeah. Um, Elijah, speaking of how that goes, uh, what's your take on this whole COVID situation? Everybody getting back out there, opening back up schools and trying to resume normal life. Uh, you think we're doing this at the right time? Should we wait a little bit longer or is just something that has to be done? It's definitely a tough situation uh, for any policymaker or, you know, any body uh, in a community to, to go through. And, um, you know, pretty much the federal government has forced a lot of these municipalities into a position where they where they pretty much have to reopen. I personally think that we need to wait a little bit longer because uh, yeah. this a second wave could, you know, if we open up too fast, we can face consequences that um, could have been prevented um, if we waited a little bit longer. Um, but uh, the federal government and incompetent governors across the country have forced municipalities in a position where, hey, we're going to lose revenue if we don't start opening back up. And when the cities yeah. and municipalities who, who rely on sales tax, who relies on uh, property tax and, and some income tax are not able to collect revenue, that means uh, less people to collect trash, less uh, trash, which means we have a bigger problem because we have no trash collection, less, mo- less money to deal with water treatment plants right. to make sure we have clean water flowing in our uh, in our houses, less money to deal with wastewater, um, uh, less money to deal with firefighters, less money to deal with every other issue that we, we like, things that affect our actual everyday life on a local level. Um, right. They need revenue to do that. The government, federal and state government said, you're on your own, we're not giving you anything um, and close down everything. And a lot of these municipalities just don't have the reach. So they're being forced into a situation um, that's just unfortunate. So. Uh, I wish we could slow down. I really do. And I think there are things the federal government and state governments could do. And I called for it. I said, hey, give everybody $2,000 a month or more, depending mm-hmm. on the cost of living in their area, and mm. give it to them for four, five, six months until we can calm this thing down so that no everyone can have money to pay their rent, pay their bills, right. buy food, et cetera, and then society can just go on um, and then give right. local governments money. But apparently that's not in their agenda. It's, a, right. it's so crazy how that, because you, you hit it on the head, that would alleviate everything. We could basically press pause. And when it's done, we basically have eliminated the disease. And then at that point, if someone earns way more to a certain level, you can tax that money back. But it's been incredible how, you know, the Democratic and Republican establishment, they so quickly took care of corporations and uh, they're so hesitant to do the same thing for people. And that's led to the protests and all the things that we're seeing. So um, again, you're right on it. You're right on it. Thank you. Yeah, I touch, I touch a blessing, man. A young man being involved and being so well-informed. 
you know, about what you're getting yourself into. It's great. And and I'm pretty sure this is not this is not the last thing for you. I'm pretty sure, you know, after you win this, because I'm, I'm going to go ahead and claim that you're going to win it. Uh, you know, you have more more plans, <laughs> more plans to uh, keep vote going for when, when is the election? So our primary election is August 18th, um, less than it's like 83 or 82 days away from now. Um, and we're okay. just starting to get everything set up and, and ready to get out there. Nice, nice. Uh, so in the fall, you know, we got football season coming up and you know, I'm not sure if you're a Tampa Bay fan or not. You're a Bucks fan? You're a football fan by any means? He's too close to Miami. I, I am, but I, I, I'll be a Miami I, fan. If I tell you, you guys are gonna hate me instantly. Uh, oh no, no, don't say it. New England. Yeah. Uh, oh, perfect. Oh. No, no, no. no. Oh. Wait, listen, listen, man. I don't, I don't hate this man. Okay. All I'm saying, if he's a New England fan, there's a chance he's probably trying to go see Tom Brady. With that being said, and after he wins, he might be able to get tickets so we can all go together, man. Relax, <laughs> Elijah. Listen, man, I'm with you on that, man. That's fine if you're, if you're a Tom Brady fan. So, you know, we can all go to the game together. Because I'm coming on that. We all see we, we're going to the Bucks game. Not but sure which hold one. Hold on now. Let's not jump to conclusions. If he's a Patriots fan, first and foremost, he probably hates Brady now because Brady left Boston. No, he's happy Brady's in, uh, in his own state. He can actually drive a couple of hours to go watch. Well, Am I right? Well, let's hear what he thinks. What do you think, man? Speak on that. Man, I, honestly, it's a mess. Do we want him or do we don't want him? Um, <laughs> I, I'm ready to – they could just draft me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you got hey, hands? You got hands? You can talk and you tackle? Oh, no, definitely not. Oh, okay. You might you might have to be the assistant coach then. I'm good you know, at nothing wrong with that at all, man. What'd you say? Uh, I'm I'm good at coaching. I'll make sure none of the balls are deflated as well. There you go. That's important, right? Every man has a role. If you do your job, the team functions well. Absolutely, my man. Absolutely. So let's talk about when you're not in politics, when you know, when you're not campaigning and Checking email and emailing back and forth. How are you relaxing? What are you watching on TV? Yeah, I'm an awkward person, so that's a that's a whole thing. Uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a nature person, so I love doing things like going out and kayaking, going to the beach. Um, nice stuff like that. Uh, but other than that, um, we have, we're not able to do a lot of those things because of this. So a lot of it's right. watching TV, sometimes writing poetry. Um, but mm. the big thing that I, I like to do. Um, outside of, you know, being 21 and partying when I could, is right. uh, it's food. I love food, especially seafood, wine tasting, okay. sort of things. I'm nice. A, I like to say I'm a, a, a seafood a seafood connoisseur. And okay. I'm white wine, aficionado. Oh. I'm still getting there. Okay. Not a bad thing, man. Not a, not a bad thing at all. Um, I think I, I love seafood myself, so we can definitely uh, we can exchange recipe on that. Uh, what are you listening to? Uh, for music or? Yeah, for music. I don't even think I've listened to music in a while. I'm not going to lie. Really? I'm not going to lie about that. I don't think I've. Nice. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe, maybe you're an audio, audio book type of guy, man. Maybe you just like listening to audio book or, uh, you know, you like listening to Dr. Phil's messages on, you know, on YouTube or something like that. Uh, but why are you thinking about music? Let me ask you this, though. You mentioned kayaking. Would you recommend somebody that can't swim to go kayaking? <laughs> no. Actually, I, mean? I, I did it. Listen, I did it before, and I want to know if that was a bad thing, so I wouldn't do it again. There's going to be another surprise for you. I actually don't know how to swim. 
I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, See? I don't think I'm going to drown, though, to be honest. Um, you don't think you would? I don't think I would drown uh, unless I'm, like, kayaking, like, the Atlantic Ocean. Then I probably would. But in a lot of these places, uh, it's really fun. I mean, it's tiring. It's good exercise, too. Um, but, like, if you go in deep waters, you could drown. Um, but I'm more, I'm more concerned about the alligators, though. Um, mm. Yep. Because I've been, like, yep. feet away from them. I just did the math. So, first of all, you're not in big open water because you don't want to drown. So, that means you're in shallow water. So that probably means in Florida you're doing some like really really shady places where the gators might might want to say hello. So right. be careful. We need you out here. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, man. Don't don't get hit up by alligators out there, man. We we don't want that. Uh, we do not we do not want that. Um, yeah, man. But hey, man, we we appreciate you coming by. Uh, we know we've been looking forward to this. We haven't really had a chance to talk to many young folks, but well, young, but not as young as you. Come on the show and just talk about what got him into uh, politics and was driving a passion to make change. So, um, while we wrap this up, so we'll give you the floor just to kind of tell the people more exactly uh, why you're running. Uh, you know, some of your platform, the issues that you're running behind, and where they can help. Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody, you know, you can use some donations. You can use some volunteer some support. So give me your website. If you have Twitter, which you do, uh, go ahead and just tell people how they can find your information they need to know. Uh, go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, um, you can find me on Twitter at I Elijah Manley, uh, Instagram, real Elijah Manley. My website is ElijahManley.com as well. Um, you know, I'm running uh, here in South Florida to bring real representation in Tallahassee for people who've been in Newark for six years um, in the legislature. Uh, but more than that, I'm here to really, uh, transform the face of florida politics get more mm -hmm. people who are young uh more people mm -hmm. who you don't normally see in politics to get involved a lot of young people are apathetic but i think uh you know when everything is starting to change we'll start seeing uh, a lot of change around this so uh sorry about this little motorcycle going by <laughs> but other than that i i'm just really uh passionate about changing things because really it's our our future that's at risk here and if we don't do anything, if we don't step up and do something about it, nobody else will. So mm. anyone that wants to donate, help us out. We don't have, uh, uh, you know, large donors, you know, pouring lots of money into our campaign. Um, uh, if anyone wants to, you know, donate, feel free to do that. But more than that, anyone across the country, regardless of where they are, where they live, and right. if money or not, could also volunteer for the campaign by signing up the, uh, signing up the phone bank for the campaign, which is calling voters, text banking. Um, stuff like that to help us reach voters. So we're going to need a lot of people across the country to help. And uh, you can do that by visiting ElijahManley.com. Absolutely. And you mentioned not having super PAC money or big money. Uh, you're not getting those uh, donations from the super PAC, the big corporation, or are you guys turning them down? We're turning most of them down. I, I won't say we don't have a pack. I did open my own pack, but it won't be money from, you know, big corporations or like Wall Street or anything. It's just from uh, regular people, maybe a few people who are able to drop a thousand bucks. Somebody today dropped, uh, you know, nine hundred and ninety-nine bucks into the campaign. I don't know how how they can afford mm -hmm. that. Um, but nine hundred, nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars, basically a thousand dollars. You know, wow. Support to do that, and you really look at my platform and Wait. think, I like this guy that much. Go ahead. Wait, was that me? I, was that me that did that? I'm not. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't. No, nah, I don't. I don't think it was. I don't have nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. Uh, but I, I do got nine ninety nine though, so you might see that later on. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, so, but hey, Elijah, man, appreciate you coming by, man. It was definitely a lot of fun. Um, thank you for taking the time out. We know you're busy. You got a lot of campaigning to do. You got election coming up in a couple of months, really. So thank you for taking the time out to speak with us. And I'm pretty sure we'll do it again. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll be in a, we'll be in a better a better connection. <laughs> you, know, we don't, you know, we don't hear no more. Uh, hopefully I'm representative by that time. Honestly, hopefully you are, man. That would be great. I can change up the intro or something, you know? Honestly, I feel you. Absolutely. Thanks, Elijah. All right. Thank you, you all, too. Be safe. Bye. Right. Yeah, you too, man. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Point Noted Podcast with Johnny B and Rashad B. Follow us on Twitter at PT Noted and Instagram at Point Noted. Hit the subscribe and follow button to follow us and check out more episodes of us talking a whole bunch of shit. You've been noted.